Next handoff, Dalvin. Room to the left side, 15-10, five. He bulldogs into P.J. Williams and into the end zone touchdown. Some Christmas cheer from Dalvin Cook. Happy New Year, everyone. Welcome to Vikings Vantage, presented by Pepsi, the official soft drink of the Minnesota Vikings. My name is Gabe Henderson from the Vikings Entertainment Network, alongside Vikings.com audio producer and my co-host, Mr. Chris Corso. Tonight, we get you guys up to speed with everything you need to know from inside the TCO Performance Center this week from our vantage point. And it is week number 17. I didn't think we would get this far. But the Vikings start the new year off on the road, headed to face the 5-10 and 10 Motor City Kitties at Ford Field this upcoming Sunday at 12 p.m. Central Time. You can listen to that game right here on KFAN 100.3 with voice of the Vikings, Paul Allen, calling that game alongside Pete Bursich, Ben Lieber, and Greg Coleman. In case you want to watch the game, it will be streaming on Fox. The legendary Robert Smith will be calling that game alongside Joe Davis and sideline reporter Christina Pink. And speaking of legendary, we got a legendary guest tonight, Corso. It's uh, a guy who is retired, but for some reason, it still seems like he works harder than all of us here with the Vikings, Mr. Mark Rosen. Uh, I've I've had the opportunity to uh, sit beside him for all 15 Vikings games this year, and he has had some interesting stories, some interesting takes. I know you've worked with him weekly also on Under Center, so... It'll be interesting to see what he has to say today. But before we get to him, we start the show the way we always do in typical Vikings Vantage fashion with the best thing we saw this week. And Corso, take us away. It's really hard, Gabe, to come up with a best thing you saw this week when you're going into a game where obviously we are out of playoff contention. But when there's nowhere to go, you go and find something that Justin Jefferson said, uh, recapping his rookie season. And I was really impressed with the way he just continues to handle the media all season and to just speak so confidently in himself and and the goals that he established for himself this season. And he told the media on Wednesday that he established these exact goals, Gabe. I mean, I I definitely set goals for myself at the beginning of the season, but uh, to actually, you know, reach my goals and reach beyond my goals, um, I mean, that's that's something special. And um, I just got to keep going and keep keep building on my game and uh, get better and better each year. I set the goals as a thousand yards, six touchdowns. I want to say 60 catches. Yeah. That was the goals. And it's safe to say that I think he hit every single one of those and more this season with over 70 receptions, uh, seven receiving touchdowns, and over 1,200 yards on the season. And guess what, Gabe? He's very close to breaking another one of Randy Moss's records on Sunday. If he gets just 27 yards in the last game of the season receiving, he will have the all-time most receiving yards for a Vikings rookie wide receiver. He's also pretty close to Anquan Bolden's record um, for all time. He, he needs 111 yards shy of breaking Anquan Bolden's record, and he will have the most ever receiving yards by a rookie in NFL history. So, yes, Gabe, those are the best things I saw this week. Yeah, and, I mean, just, just talking to Justin a few times this year, you knew coming into this league that even though he did set goals – he didn't think he would reach him. So to be at this point, I think I've asked him that twice now, to be at this point in your career, you know, already exceeding what your goals are, did you expect it to happen this way? And, I mean, him being as honest as he is, he was like, no. Like, I didn't expect it to happen. It was just goals just 
thrown out there. But I think the real cool thing with that is just seeing the relationship him and Stefan Diggs have, have built, you know, the fact that they were able to have that conversation as men and be able to, you know, learn and grow and to see how both of those guys have had unbelievable years this year. I, I think both parties are happy, but moving on to the best thing I saw this week, um, I had the opportunity to watch practice uh, every day this week. And there, there were a lot of new faces getting reps uh, all three days this week. I mean, there were about 12 new faces that I saw out there getting reps with the first and second team, even the third team also. But seeing all these new guys get reps, get you know practice time, seeing their energy, it was just a, a youthful energy at practice today. And I'm, I'm excited to see what these guys can do because after this game, no one re- will remember the final score. So it's one of those one of those games where these young guys will put it all out in the field and, and see uh, what, the, what the final result will be come end of the game this coming Sunday. Yeah, I agree, Gabe. I mean, you hear Gary Kubiak speak on Thursday and say that Rashad Hill will be the starting left tackle um, for Riley Reef, who was placed on the COVID-slash-reserve mm-hmm. list earlier in the week. You also have Kyle Rudolph, the longtime veteran, who was also placed on the injured reserve yep. this week. And you start to go down the Vikings injury report, which normally it's breaking news, um, seeing what Vikings are practicing and what Vikings aren't. But obviously this week, <laughs> I mean, you have an Eric Kendricks, Jalen Holmes, Dan Bailey, Chris Jones, Cameron Dantzler, Fadio Denebo, all not practicing this week. Um, also, a Dalvin Cook who's dealing with a very personal matter. Um, we, we'd like to give our shout-out and support to the Cook family who uh, Dalvin lost his father um, this week. So shout-out to Dalvin. We, we support him, and, and he also will not be playing on Sunday. So, um, the, yeah, the Vikings are going through a lot from injuries to personal matters. Um, I think you get out of this game with just no injuries, um, see some young development on this Vikings roster and and do what you can against the Lions this week. I'm excited to see some of these young guys get some meaningful reps. I mean, we've been wanting to see um, a guy like Harrison Hand, who had an interception last week, you know, get more playing time. I mean, his playing time this year has been due to starting corners getting hurt, but now he's going to get caught on a lot. And it's like, all right, well, we know the, the biggest jump in an NFL player's career is from year one to year two. But that last game of the season where you're getting the meaningful reps where, where you can put uh, who you are on film, I think this is a big game for those guys. And then you got guys playing for contracts, guys playing for contracts for other teams. I mean, on both of these teams. So it'll be interesting. I, I just want to see just the effort, you know, play physical, wrap up. I mean, we saw that we couldn't contain Alvin Kamara last week. Who, who cares who's at running back this upcoming Sunday? DeAndre Swift, AP, who will be playing his former team again. I, I just want to see – just good form tackling, man. Like we know it's not going to be the the starters that we're used to seeing. We know it's not going to be the the game that we're used to seeing. But hey, man, as long as the guys leave it out in the field, I, I say that is a win, no matter how you take it. Yeah, and looking at the other side of the ball, the the Lions are in a very similar situation as we talked about already. But the injury report on their end, uh, Matthew Stafford's going through some injuries with a rib and a thumb. We've seen some reports out of their organization and former Vikings uh, offensive coordinator, now um, the head coach of the Lions, Daryl Bevel, saying that there's a pretty good chance that that he's going to play on Sunday um, for this Lions team. We know Matthew Stafford over the years. I mean, I can't even count the number of injuries this guy has had and found a way to play, especially when he takes on the Vikings. So um, I, I guess you could expect this guy to play on Sunday, Gabe. I, I personally don't see why you would play, but knowing Matt Stafford, all the injuries that he's, 
you know, bounce back from. And then seeing his wife uh, post the the Instagram message earlier this week, I guess she like retweeted JJ Watt's video talking about, you know, you, you play hard no matter if you're losing or winning, you play for your fans. So I can I can see Matt Stafford playing, but it's one of those things where it's just like, dude, why, man? Kenny Galladay might not play. He's on the injury report. Danny Amendola's on the injury report. But it's, so it's like, you know, it, it's more so for pride at this point, man. But hey, we, we will see. Yeah, I give him credit. He probably sat through and watched his team lose 47-7 to last week against Tom Brady <laughs> and the Tampa Bay Bucks. So maybe that's the reason yeah. why he wants to get out there one last week. Um, they've had a sour taste in their mouth all season as well. So they, I think they're yeah. going to be looking to finish out on a positive note. But like we've said on many of our shows this week, Gabe, I am just looking forward to watching some of these younger players develop I want to see hopefully an Alexander Madison get out there and really show yeah. um, a, a really good day running the ball with Dalvin Cook not being available. So, And that's a question I'm going to ask uh, Mark Rosen in the next segment. Like, I want to know what he's looking forward to in the offseason and what's, what's to come for this Vikings roster as some tough decisions uh, start to have to be made once the, the lockers are cleaned out on Monday morning, Gabe. I think just my last final thought before we get to Rosie is I, I expect this Vikings offense to to have a, I wouldn't say a field day, but I, I expect them to control their own destiny. And this, this Lions defense, I think if they give up 35-plus points uh, against the Vikings this upcoming Sunday, it will be the most point defensive points they have given up in franchise history. So I expect the Vikings to uh, do what they want to do, even with – you know, a, a minimized roster as far as starters go. But before we get to Rosie, Pilot Games has teamed up with the Minnesota Vikings to create the all-new Vikings Victory electronic pool tab game. Pilot Games is the largest charitable giving provider in the state, and when you play Vikings Victory, your community wins. Play Vikings Victory today anywhere Pilot's electronic pool tabs are offered. It's game day any day. Play the new Vikings Scratch game from the Minnesota Lottery with a top prize of $100,000. Are you game? Just say, I'm in. Get more details at mnlottery.com. Hey, Vikings fans. This football season, make Pepsi your go-to game day drink because it's the only drink for football watching. Pepsi, that's what I like. Sacks for Apps is back for the 2020 season, and if the Vikings record two or more sacks in a game, fans can receive a free appetizer at Buffalo Wild Wings with a $20 purchase. Visit vikings.com slash bww for details. All right, welcome back to Vikings Vantage, presented by Pepti. My name's Gabe Henderson from the Vikings Entertainment Network, alongside Chris Corso and our guest of the evening, the legendary broadcaster, who's retired, but it still seems like he works harder than Corso and I. <laughs> Mr. Mark Rosen. Rosie, what's up, man? Good to see you relaxed and kicking back as we get ready for the new year here. Getting ready for the new year, and happy new year to you also. And um, after 50 years of broadcasting, you somehow spent your 2020 watching every Vikings game with me for some reason. So <laughs> <laughs> we've had our conversation. So I just want to get your thoughts on this team. First of all, uh, bring your old pen next time, <laughs> for one. I'm sick and tired of lending my – I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, you know, Gabe, the, the thing that strikes me is I, uh, I, I think about walking into U.S. Bank Stadium for the opener against the Packers and how surreal it felt mm -hmm. um, because you knew it was the opening game of the year, but as soon as the game started, it's like, what am I watching? We didn't really have anything to compare it to because we've never really experienced anything like that. And the, and the Packers, as we all know, had their way with the Vikings that day, and it sort of kind of kick-started that, that awful start, the one-and-five start. But um, it just felt like um, 
a product of the entire 2020 year mm -hmm. uh, in a nutshell of, of not having obviously from a football standpoint having the preparation having an opportunity to hold mini camps or or training camps or any of that and the vikings look completely out of sync and guys are already getting hurt so I, I don't think they really kind of ever recovered from that start it was just so surreal i didn't i mean i really haven't enjoyed it all year i mean you realize more and more how important the fans are mm -hmm. win or lose booing cheering whatever it is uh, pro football in particular is just not an enjoyable product in person. We get to see it when you're watching the game. I mean, you get caught up a couple times. We had some close games, but I think more than anything, that's the thing that was the, the highlight, if you want to use that term, of the year was the absence of the fans and what it, what it felt like. That's for sure, Rosie. And, and I get to work with you every week as a producer on Under Center with Kirk Cousins. Probably one of the best things I've done since working for the Vikings is getting a chance to work with you every week. So I, I just want to ask you your opinion of, of Kirk and the season he's had so far. Mm -hmm. uh, a career high in, in passing touchdowns. That's definitely what comes to mind for me. But what have been your overall just impressions of his season and, and helping bring him to the fans each and every week? Well, I mean, to me, um, people ask me a lot about Kirk a lot. And I say he's a pro's pro. I mean, I've worked with a lot of athletes, a lot of pro football players over the years uh, on a lot of TV shows. Kirk is just the consummate pro. He really is. I mean, he's, it, you know, he's, he's got, uh, he's got his own ups and downs uh, and he takes things to heart, especially the tough losses. Um, but I've been impressed with the professionalism that he's, ex he's exhibited this year, knowing full well early on uh, that his defense wasn't going to bail him out. But I thought he was a stand-up guy all year. I really do. I mean, he, he takes his verbal hits. He, he keeps himself in a shell. He doesn't really expose himself to the social media world. It's probably a good thing. I think he's added to his game this year, uh, his running. He's been better running the ball. I think, as Gary Kubiak said, throwing off script a little bit, he's gotten better at. And hearing Kirk in our last show we did, he feels like he's really kind of getting into the peak of his career, eight, nine years in the league. He's, he's going to be here for a while, and he should be here for a while. He should have an opportunity, I think, again, if they retool his defense and get some people back healthy to see what he can do. It seemed like every time I looked up, Kirk Cousins was on a, you know, he had to drive the team 75 or 80 yards, and he didn't have a turnover. You know, he rarely had one of those opportunities where he could go on a 25-yard, 30-yard drive. Ben, I mean, it's a whole big difference. I don't care if you're Russell Wilson or yep. Aaron Rodgers or, or Drew Brees, man, that, that field is a lot shorter. You can really perform at a high level. So I thought he had really overall a pretty outstanding year. Yeah, for sure. And this will be the last week fans will be able to see him this upcoming season. So knowing that it is week 17 and we may not see too much of Kirk. Yeah. What rookies are you most excited to see play this week outside of Justin Jefferson? If Ezra Cleveland can start and play left tackle, I think he's going to be your left tackle of the future. Uh, that kid, um, once he grows into his big body, <laughs> I mean, he's going to be a force. Mm -hmm. I think the, the kids in the defensive backfield, Dantzler and Gladney are the future. They made a calculated risk jettisoning, you know, basically their entire secondary last yeah. year. They didn't pay Anthony Harris, and Anthony Harris has not had a good year. Uh, but I think Dantzler, and to answer your question, Gabe, Dantzler and Gladney have both showed that they're, they've grown up a lot. All these experiences are going to help them a lot. They're both going to be, I think, really good players. Mm -hmm. And what turned out to be a pretty good draft, I mean, yeah, you had to make that move and you had to pay the price this year. But in retrospect, you know, the fact that Mackenzie Alexander, Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, any of them blowing up this year. I mean, I think Waynes has been, this guy's been hurt a lot. And it's a tough call when you kind of have to reboot your secondary on the fly like that. But I think overall, they've made the right call with those kids. Gabe brought up Justin Jefferson. And just like I do off camera, I'm going <laughs> to ask you to turn the clock back and tell me if you could ever remember anyone doing 
what Justin Jefferson has done this season. You could say Randy Moss pretty yeah. easily, but you've been covering this team forever. So um, I just want to ask, like, does, who does he compare to? Because, like, it seems like Randy Moss is obvious, but. He's got such uh, panache, if that's the right word. He plays with such joy. Some of the guys that I trust that I work with and you guys work with, obviously, Pete Bursich and Lieber. The thing I, I'm impressed about is yards after catch. He's, yeah. got, he's got some Chris Carter in him. I mean, Jefferson catches the ball. It's not like he's going to go down. He's going to get you five, six, maybe a lot more yards yeah. just because of, I mean, he's got some strength. I mean, this kid puts on more muscle. Uh, he's going to be a handful and a half because he just plays with such joy. And so I, it's, yeah, Moss is obviously the obvious uh, uh, comparison, but they got to find, look at uh, great for Stefan Diggs. I mean, this is one of those deals. You know, I hope Buffalo goes to the Super Bowl with, with Diggs. I, I, it's great. I don't have any, look, at, how can any Minnesota Viking fan be mad at him or why mm-hmm. would they be? He wanted to make a move. He did it. He maybe didn't do everything the right way, but Jefferson's the guy they're going to lock into, and, and he's going to have a really an incredible career here uh, because I think he wants to be great. That's the thing I, I, I like about this kid because sometimes in the pro ranks, you kind of go, well, I want to get paid. I want to do this. He's not about statistics. I think he wants to win, and I think he uh, he is going to – a lot of jerseys going to be wearing uh, yeah. Justin Jefferson jerseys in the years to come. He's going to be the number one seller on this football team. Moving along to week 17, where we are now, the Vikings six and nine, and the playoffs are out of the picture. But at the same time, they're not just going to give this game away to the, to the Detroit Lions. So how do you balance between pride and draft position heading into week 17? Gabe, you know this. There's no one on that football team that cares about next year's draft right now as far as playing. Mm-hmm. They're born to, they want to play. They want to play and they want to win, especially a lot of the younger players who want to make one lasting impression. You know, whether or not they're being judged any more than they would be in the fourth preseason game, I don't really know deep down when they break down the film. Mm-hmm. But in the heat of the battle, you, know, you don't tell Dantzler or Gladney about, you know, this is got to lose a game. We're going to get a better draft. They don't yeah. care about that. So, uh, or, or if uh, Mike Boone gets a chance to play. Mike Boone wants to run for 100 yards if he can. <laughs> I mean, he's not going to lay down. He's not going to get tackled. You can't, you can't physically just slow yourself down in the NFL and not feel like you're not going to get hurt or something. It's just crazy. But I think having said that, the coaching staff understands that, you know, there's not a lot to be gained by winning this game and, and putting everybody out there risking any sort of injury to any of the frontline starters. You know, I think you approach it like, let's have some fun, be entertaining, open the playbook a little bit. And the Lions are in just the same position or worse than the Vikings. Yep. So it could be either a highly entertaining game or a game where they really should have running time. And, and both teams just want to get off the field and go home. But I don't think the players themselves think about the draft. You know, deep down, Rick Spielman probably is a little bit because the Vikings could move up. And this game is over with. It's forgotten. Yep. It's forgotten this second and it's over. Yep. No, it's over. And then you look at the where the Vikings will be drafting. You look at a tough schedule next year and you start thinking about next year. And we look forward as fans to the playoffs. Once the season's over, it's like 24 hours and the players are cleaning out their lockers. Yep. And it's on to the offseason. What is one bold prediction that you have for this Vikings roster in the offseason? Just one thing that you're going to say, this is what Rick Spielman's going to do to look forward to the new season. If healthy, he's going to have to pay Daniil Hunter a lot of money. I think Neil Hunter is going to want a lot more money. I think he's put himself in a position because of the need. He's in the absolute prime of his career that they're going to have to pay him. I think that's going to be number one, to send a signal uh, to the entire team that we're in it right now. Obviously, the drafts and free agents and you know, the coming, the going, coming and going, whether, you know, Kyle Rudolph may be headed elsewhere, retirement, whatever it might be, that works itself out. But I think the biggest move has to be, from a positive standpoint, uh, make sure Daniil Hunter is number number one healthy 
Number two, happy. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's as good as anyone I've seen because he doesn't just rush the passer. He's not a one trick pony. He's a great run stopper as well. This kid is the real package and he's got a domino effect on the rest of that defense. So if you can take a step back and you go, okay, Neil Hunter, a healthy, happy Neil Hunter comes back. Eric Kendrick comes back. Hunter's number one to answer your question. Last year, 2019, Daniel Hunter, 14 and a half sacks. In 2020, this Vikings defense, 11 and a half sacks. With everything you just said, like what do the Vikings need to build on versus build up heading into this offseason? Well, again, I think it starts up front. Not yeah. being able to turn the ball over, not being able to put pressure on the quarterback. It was, uh, it was like two-handed touch almost. You hope Michael Pierce comes back. So I think it's mostly just, number one, starting getting those pro bowlers back. Yep. I mean, you you can build around that. I mean, you can build around Daniel Hunter, Michael Pierce, Anthony Barr, and Eric Kendricks. You can fill in the blanks. And then you got Dancer and Gladney one year older. You got a lot of pieces up there, but I think you got to add a couple guys that are going to be uh, force on defense. And then, of course, I mean, uh, if I'm looking at the draft, I'm looking at an offensive lineman, a guard probably. It's not a sexy position, but in uh, order to keep Kirk upright even more, and the run blocking is terrific. I mean, Gal, look at Dalvin's season. I'll get you out of here with this. With yep. next year looming, with all the optimism building for next year, would you say this Vikings team is a playoff or bust next year? It has to be. I think. I think from a standpoint of uh, of you know, you can't have uh, you can't miss the playoffs two years in a row. You look at the players in the prime of their careers. You can't waste Dalvin Cook's career right now. Mm-hmm. He's at the top of his game. You got to make sure Dalvin's surrounded by the pieces. And I think with Thielen, uh, with Jefferson, obviously, uh, with the emergence of even the Tyler Conklins and the Irv Smith Juniors, you got a lot of pieces in place offensively. You cannot waste their careers right now. So. Um, Fix the defense uh, by getting healthier and getting those guys happy and, and signed and then add some pieces. And it's all about making those right moves. And it's yeah. a, a big offseason. I think Spielman's made enough of them uh, more plus than minuses, but you got to continue that this offseason. A really important one. Thank you again for your time tonight. Thank you so much. Thanks, Rosie. Guys, take care, you guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. All right. So, Vikings fans, make sure you stay tuned to Vikings.com for the most up to date coverage of the team Vikings Lions in two days you can listen to that game right here on KFAN 100.3 FM the Vikings radio network pregame show will start at 10 a.m. with voice of the Vikings Paul Allen and Pete Bursich all right for Chris Corso the legendary Mark Rosen I'm Gabe Henderson thank you for tuning into another episode of Vikings Vantage presented by Pepsi Pepsi that's what I like happy new year everyone